Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Greetings Grapple fans and welcome to this, your, your latest instalment of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, I am Andy Wales uh, here as host for this evening, uh, joined as ever by my audio tag team partner Mo Chatra and Mo, we've got a huge weekend of action to look back on, haven't we? Oh certainly, um, very eventful, very memorable on the whole very good so um when it's very good um it always makes it that much better to uh look back and recap so uh yeah plenty that happened um over what transpired to be four days of uh show so yeah very yeah exciting. That, that's it four days you know four i mean the, the barclays arena sold out sold to the rafters you know it was it was a great crowd at times um Obviously, a lot of fun for people there and about all the other things that are going on. You know, it's SummerSlam, the whole SummerSlam things become a big weekend. You know, similar along the lines to WrestleMania. Obviously, we've got the NXT, um, the NXT takeover show that, that kicked things off. Just briefly before we kick into that, though, I mean, overall on SummerSlam, your thoughts, because it's it's had some mixed reviews, you know. And I've got to say, I think there was, you know, it was some bad, some good within it, but some of it was excellent. Um, I, I've got to say, I, I quite enjoyed it, and I quite enjoyed the full weekend. Yeah, so did I. Um, I didn't get some of the criticism, to be honest. Um, yes, I mean there were certainly subpar matches on the show, but um, it's a bit unrealistic to expect every match to be a great match, especially when there's thirteen matches on the card and they've got. Um, certainly for the main show, um, 10 matches to get through in four hours, which sounds like a lot of time, but when you factor in your promo packages, interviews, entrances, etc., um, that doesn't leave huge amounts of time for every single match. Um, you know, a number of matches were about 10, 10, 11, 12 minutes, um, so I didn't have a chance to go 15, 20 and build into amazing matches, but, uh, no, I, I thought overall um, very pleasing, so I, I don't get the criticism. Yeah, and in some cases, the uh, the promo videos were actually longer than the matches. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> especially one match in particular. Which <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
And that's the thing. You, I mean, SummerSlam, the the entire package on on the Sunday night. Yeah, you 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 factor in the pre-show. There's six hours, and you know how great NXT was, and and the the excitement and the raucous of that crowd. You can't have that kind of energy for six hours, can you? No, you can't. No, that's right. Um, and that's what helped the Takeover show to be, well, certainly to come across like the overall better show. I felt. Um, a lot fewer matches, only five, but um, the fact it was done and dusted in two and a half hours was perfect for a crowd. Um, sitting, um, you know, to watch wrestling live for more than three hours, uh, um, it does get quite, it does start to get a bit too much. But, but to go six hours, that's really uh, something. Well, I suppose you can almost say it's taking the piss, but um, no, that that was. Um, well done to that crowd that they hung in there and you know we're still reasonably lively even towards the end of it so uh, that, that was good but certainly the NXT timing wise was a lot better and um, therefore the crowd reactions were stronger overall yeah I mean let's get into that uh, takeover then because we spoke about it you know last week we're previewing and we're looking at it and we're saying on paper you look at it you can see that there's going to be good matches but storyline wise it hasn't really sort of gripped you or excited you, but we've still felt quite optimistic about it. We get to the event and obviously I think the crowd really does help to enhance matches. You know, a good match can be, can feel like a great match with the right kind of crowd and, and crowds at these NXT events usually are really good, strong, quite hardcore. And the crowd were great. And, and just, I think they delivered what, you know, when we looked up beforehand what to what we actually got, I I feel that the takeover event really over delivered. Yeah, I thought um none of the matches were poor. Um we had two really, really good bordering on excellent matches. Um and the remaining three matches were uh pretty good, um or very good in their own right. So um, you know, when you've got a show full of good to great matches um, and nothing is poor, you can't really ask for a great deal more than that. Um, so the pacing was really good. Um, you know, everything was logical and well presented. Uh, um, talents were over. The crowd was um, as amped up as you get. Um, you know, the Brooklyn crowd does attract, um, you know, the most hardcore of the fans uh, amongst the WWE fan base as you mentioned and uh you know they react to everything on these shows very strongly and it's an annual tradition now um but yeah the the opener was great um i thought yeah. it would be actually a pretty good match but it was even better than i expected um gargano um huge you know, pop for him wasn't it that's right yeah no it was. really clear were into him. that's it and yeah. um you know he had his working boots on and so did Almas. um now he's somebody who's not really lived up to his potential since coming into NXT, uh, but he certainly um, made the effort in this contest and uh, pulled off a surprise victory. Um, and that was certainly a really good, really good match. Uh, but I, I thought the match of the night, though, was the bat between Asker and Ember Moon uh, for the, the NXT Women's Championship. And I think, as we predicted last week, um, Asker retained. Um, yeah. But 
it looked very, very close on a couple of occasions that she would drop that title. But um, yeah. fantastic near fours. Asuka, though, um, held her onto the belt. And, um, Smart one of the booking. Best. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, it she's, certainly... so she's, she's held on to it, but like you said there, you know, Ember Moon, you know, really took her close. And it's that kind of thing, isn't it? That teasing that audience. You're getting closer. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Hang in there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there was, on commentary, we were talking about the length of the title reign and the undefeated streak and things like that. And, um, you know, just in the way that they worked the match, the, the way they told the story in that match, um, increasing desperation as um, she tried so hard to win the title. Um, it elevated Ember Moon. Uh, you know, go back to um, early this year, and she really didn't come across like much of a star, much of a talent. But um, she clearly showed she's got something, and um, you know, she challenges for that title again, perhaps at the NXT Takeover prior to the Survivor Series. Um, you know, that could be the thing that really puts her over the top in terms of the NXT Women's Division. So uh, even though she lost, she still emerged the winner. And um, no, that's how it should be. Yeah, and the tag titles changing hands. I mean, in that we've seen just how the uh, how much the authors of pain have moved on and progressed. Um, a, a good a good contest, this good match. Um, not not just for what happened, but what happened afterwards. Again, and it will come to the you know for the end of the main event as well is was really clever booking that, that it's not only about this match and the titles changing hands, but they're already setting something up for you to want to come back and see some more. Yeah, no, that, that was, uh, that was it. Um, as we talked about last week, the storylines, um, coming into the show weren't the strongest. And, um, so they had to rely upon what they could do in the ring, but certainly coming out of the show with, um, the title changes, it certainly gave, something to talk about and um again my, my my memory's going so i can't recall exactly what we predicted for the tag team championship but i think we might have even speculated that um, there could be a title change just to yeah. uh, i think I, up I, for the division. credit where it's due more I, I think i wasn't sure that the titles would change hands but i think you actually thought that they would yeah and i think it was probably because i thought um if they were to retain the titles, um, it wouldn't really, it, w- it would just add to a bit of stagnation, the, the feeling of stagnation to the division. But um, having that title change certainly freshens things up and um, gives the authors of pain a, a credible uh, pairing to um, compete against for the next um, several months. And I suspect that they'll probably have a rematch at the uh, takeover event in November. Yeah, um, and we also got. We also got Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly turning up there and getting involved at the end of that. So, again, the, yeah, obviously the crowd were well aware of them, but also that, like, like you're saying, this kind of adds something else to it, doesn't it? It moves all these storylines along a little bit. Mm. Oh, it does, yeah. Introducing that third team into the mix um, is certainly good. Fish and um, O'Reilly, who have been known as Red Dragon on the independence and in Japan, um exceptional tag team um perhaps slightly lacking on the charisma front but um you know again another pair of very very fine workers in the ring um so certainly add to the tag team mix um and help to 
play play that well certainly play their part in bringing the tag team division back to what it was uh, perhaps a year or two back. Um, but then and obviously we had the main event. Um, Bobby Roode dropped the title. Drew McIntyre won it. Um, I, I wasn't blown away by the match. I thought it was a, a reasonable match. Um, possibly even the weakest match of the night. Um, mm. Well, just slightly ahead of Alistair Black against Hideo Itami. But, um, you know, McIntyre came across like a star um, and uh, got the victory. And uh, certainly the match in the last couple of minutes um, uh, was certainly finishing on a high note. Um, And then obviously at the end, we had the uh, debut of um, Adam Cole, baby. So uh, that was uh, (laughs) fantastic. And um, what was also fantastic was just how how much of that crowd knew who he was. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. That, that was quite pleasing. Again, a star from Ring of Honor um, joining with his pals, um, Bobby Fish and Carlo O'Reilly, who also were veterans of Ring of, Ring of Honor. And um, that reaction to them was superb and sets things up nicely for Drew um, with, uh, with Adam Cole. Um, though the size difference is quite stark. I mean, Drew's every bit of six five six six, and Adam Cole is about five seven five eight, and about one hundred eighty one hundred ninety pounds. So, um, but that, he looked was... like a star, though, didn't he? It had that feel that he was a star. This was important, and and it was, I mean, it stood out to me at that moment. I mean, it confirmed to us on on Tuesday night on SmackDown, but that that for me was just you could see that's it. That's you know, Rude's not only has Rude dropped the title. But also to immediately set up a new storyline for Drew McIntyre after the bell's rung, that was you know that was the signal, wasn't it, that uh, things are moving on? Oh, absolutely, yeah, that's right. Um, and so you know, it, it was an indication there that um, you know, Bobby Roode would be moving on, and uh, so it transpired. Uh, yeah, as we'll come on to. So uh, yeah, overall. Um, you know, very pleasing show. Didn't look like a fantastic show on on paper. Um, looked a, looked a decent show, but um, it delivered beyond expectations. So um, can't ask for much more. So very pleasing way to yeah. kick off the first of four nights. Absolutely. Uh, just a just a brief note as well on Alistair Black and Hideo Itami. Uh, I was looking forward to that, and that was enjoy. I, I enjoyed that as a contest. I thought it was every bit hard hitting that we we hoped it would be, and and I think the success of that match was that Alistair Black came out of it looking that bit more of a star, and you you just he just looks he comes across as being bigger and taller than he actually is. He just there's just something about him, and you feel that they're building him nicely for the future here. I thought that was a, very smart that the way they handled that. Yeah, no, that's right. It was good with the live band um, playing him into his entrance, and uh, you know, um, he's the thing with him is he comes across as authentic because um, the whole gimmick um, is very much based on the real life individual, and um, that's why he delivers it in a very realistic, believable way, and uh, it stands him out and. You know, he's a, also a very, very good worker in the ring as well, which always helps. Yeah. So I think he's one of these individuals from NXT that when he does eventually move up to the master, um, will be over because 
he's unique. You know, he's not one of these cookie cutter type characters. Um, you know, that you can assemble on WWE 2K17 or whatever. Um, he don't speak too soon, Mo. <laughs> but no, he's he's certainly got uh, something about him. He's got that star presence. I thought the match was a bit had a bit of an anticlimactic ending. Um, certainly had its moments. Very hard hitting. Um, Alistair Blatt was busted open, I believe, and um, you know it was it was it was a good Japanese style match. Um, but um, you know if that's the worst match of the night, um, then you know you can't be disappointed because it was a it was a pretty good match in in itself. So uh, yeah, let's let's see how he does on the uh, let's see how he does on the pre-show in front of forty-four people. Oh dear, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's a, <laughs> uh, well a there's a hardy. segue for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and now this, I've, I've got to say more, th- this was probably my the most dis thing of the weekend for me. And I thought what was really disappointing about it was it was just not very smart at all. You know, they've got a two-hour pre-show there. They must realise that there's nobody in the crowd. You know, you've got all of these, you've got the panels, and you've got all these video packages lined up. Uh, and if you're going to do the, you know, three matches that which total what about 40 minutes between them, why why do that first match so early in the first hour of the pre-show? Because that looked awful, and you and you've got to say. For the, it was it was you really felt for the performers and you could tell by the face on the faces on some of them they were not too chuffed either were they i mean that was it was it was embarrassing quite frankly you know for for the the miz and Bo dallas and curtis Axel coming out there against the hardies of all people you know the guys who've got this huge pop to come out there in front of a few dozen people it was it was embarrassing well, it was, yeah. I mean, I bet when the Hardys left TNA, they didn't think that they'd be working empty arena matches again. But um, <laughs> so, uh, so it proved. Um, there was more yeah, people was, in the Hardy compound than uh, there than was at the pre-show. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, I, I think what perhaps had happened was that um, there was an issue with getting people into the building. Maybe they were carrying out additional security checks and things like that. So. Um, I think when they planned the show, the two-hour pre-show, um, if things had gone to plan, there would have it would have been full, um, certainly not, but um, there would almost certainly have been more people in the building than um, actually the surely, case. Um, but surely you call an audible there and, and say, look, let's just keep going with some of the, uh, the the packages and we'll delay the match for another 20 minutes. There's so much time there to play with. Surely you can call an audible on that and get a few more people in that audience to at least make it look like something. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I think what might have happened is um, the guys in the SmackDown tag team bat, which was also part of the pre-show, um, laid out a very long match, and um, they probably didn't want to cut it down by even a matter of five minutes. Um, so that that's part of the problem with some of these people that um, you know even if um, it makes sense to cut a match down because of that type of issue, um, people, as we call it in the wrestling business, still want to get their shit in. So um, I can I know. can understand that, but I, I, for me, you don't even 
even they don't even have to change the you know the length of time they're going to have in the match. It's just reorganizing all these endless uh, packages, the video packages that we're going to see yeah. that we're also yeah. then going to get repeated throughout the, the the event itself. Anyway, I mean, surely there's a way of you know re- instead of a match coming out after after one video package. You know, put the match back after the third video package. You know, there's, there's so much video stuff material uh, throughout that two-hour pre-show. Surely you can hold that match back till like I don't know, say 40 minutes into the first hour, and then leave yeah. the two the other two matches for the second hour. You know what I mean? At least let let a few more hundred people get in the audience at, at the very least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, by the time the match started, there was probably no more than two or three hundred people in. Yeah, that, and it was. Um, arena it was very that. early. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, fifteen thousand plus, I think, when it's full. full. Um, so mm. that was just very embarrassing, and uh, clearly, the guys involved, or a number of them, weren't that impressed. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, if they pushed it back um, to the start of the second hour, um, which was around the time that Neville and uh, Tazawa had their match, um, there was at least a half decent. Um, number of fans within the building by then um, and uh, yeah and the fact is it was a throwaway six man match as well and if yeah. they cut it down to five or six minutes um, nobody really would have batted an eyelid no, um, exactly but, uh, oh well I mean it, it was an okay match as as was uh, Neville against Tazawa in fact that, that was yeah. more than okay that was actually a pretty good match by uh, the cruiserweight division standards. Um, obviously, we had the title switch, so never won his belt back. Yeah, which um, we expected. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So that that went as you called it, a bit of a flip flop there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in retrospect, a bit of an odd one, but um, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. I suppose they wanted to create a bit of interest in the uh, division and thought maybe a title change might help. Um, but the, the highlight of the pre-show by a long way, light and day, was the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship bout between the Usos and the New Day, um, whereby the Usos re- regained the championships, uh, beating the New Day in an absolutely fantastic match, um, even better than the one they had at um, Battleground, I think it was. Yeah, they've uh, got some good chemistry, haven't they, together? Oh, they have, yes, absolutely. I mean, the Usos are you know, a really good team, um, but the New Day um, are also very, very good. And, you know, they laid out a really smart match uh, with a bunch of very believable and well-executed near force, which just added to the drama and excitement. And, um, you know, by the end of it, the fans were on their feet. And uh, when you get that kind of reaction, then, you know, you've, done a really good job so um a great great match and um you know two title changes in the first first three matches on the pre-show before the main show had even kicked off yeah a bit of a theme for the night uh, as we'll get to i mean uh, to see john cena open an event is is uh, a rare thing it's got to be said nowadays um that his match with baron corbin bit of a throwaway um do you get the impression that pretty much done with Baron Corbin here? Um, possibly. I mean, the word is is that um, Corbin losing his um, Money in the Bank title shot um, in the way he did on SmackDown last week 
um, was because he has heat uh, backstage and one of the people that apparently he has heat with is John Cena. And um, again, we um, talked about this match last week on a preview, and, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, and speculated that Cena might just win this and it's possible that Corbin might have to uh, continue the feud um, before getting a win over Cena. Well, it looks like that's not going to happen given Cena turned up on Raw um, the next night. But um, no, it was it was a, a fairly straightforward win for Cena. It wasn't a particularly notable match, really. It wasn't um, um, a match that you'll go back and want, want to watch several no. times over. God, but, no. Um, no, it was it was just um, you know just an average match and uh, yeah. Be honest, name me a Baron Corbin match that you want to go back and watch. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be struggling to come up with the, the material for the best Baron Corbin compilation DVD. But um, yeah, it's um, so, it seemed very much like a, right. You're you're getting ideas above your station, son. So um, we're going to put you back in your place and uh, we're going to smack you down. There mm. we go. <laughs> uh, so, what about Natalia um, beating Naomi for the the women's championship? Um, I, I think the kind of telegraphed beforehand. Now, I certainly speculated a couple of weeks ago that we could see a cash in, perhaps from. Um, uh, oh Christ! I can't remember her name now. <laughs> Carmella. Uh, sorry. Carmella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I speculate there, there's a the possibility there of a cash from Carmella um, although it, on the face of it yeah it makes more sense for Carmella to keep going because this is working well her character's really evolved with the briefcase in her possession but I think you know showing her hanging around backstage beforehand kind of telegraphed that we weren't going to see her cash in because they like to do it as a surprise don't they but but were you surprised by Natalia coming out of this with a clean win it's um it just seems a little bit from nowhere natalia's not really done much for so long yeah i, th- I think i predicted her to win the title because um when she won the eliminator to earn the title shot uh, from that i it felt to me like they wanted to give her a match at SummerSlam to almost be a reward for um, good service and um, she's been in the wwe for um a good what eight nine years now so um by um the female division standards that's an eternity um so she's really put in her service there and um i think that was pretty much the only reason why they put the belt on her not because she's particularly over because she isn't um but um she's just seen as a really good professional a solid hand and um they thought right let's give her a title win on one of our big shows and um, that's the only reason I think they went with that. Um, clearly, Charlotte would have been the better individual to um, face Naomi for the belt. But um, as it then transpired, um, it was perhaps for the best that um, she wasn't booked in this match because there's a decent chance she would have missed it anyway, given uh, health issues with her father. Uh, but no, it was, it was a, I thought, a pretty good match. Um, certainly picked up towards the end. And... Um, yeah, sharp shooter finish. So um, a good uh, kind of uh, throwback to her uncle there. And, uh, we have a new champion. Yeah, uh, big cast, big show. Uh, I guess what we expected really. Not not one for um, 
not one for your back catalogue to go go and uh, look over again. Pretty nondescript, and we, as it we expected, big cast winning that one. Um, uh, but more more newsworthy <laughs> than anything from this match was him tearing his ACL the following night on Raw, and the news that he's going to be out of action for around about nine months. Yeah, that's right. Um, terrible shame for Cass. Um, now, since he split from Enzo, um, they've certainly been putting Cass over very strongly. And it felt to me like they had um, some plans, some decent plans to do something with uh, Cass, possibly involving the title, uh, the WWE champ- uh, Universal Championship. And clearly that's almost become like a super heavyweight championship in recent times. Um, so it could well have been that, um, you know, they were planning to, if not do something with him immediately for the title, then certainly feud with, um, something like a Roman Reigns, perhaps. Um, and then if he was to be victorious from that, then earning a title shot, um, down the line. But, um, no, it was 10 and a half minutes, uh, as a match, which was probably about 10 minutes too long. Um, it wasn't one of the better matches you'll see. Um, but it was a predictable finish in the end with Cash winning. Um, Enzo um, managed to come out of the cage um, with the help of lubricant or oil or something. And um, that really wasn't um, it, the less any said great about advantage that, the to the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The so, less uh, said about yeah. that, the better. Very predictable finish. Um, Cash won. Uh, but yeah, big shame for him that he's now sidelined for... Um, uh, possibly until after WrestleMania. So a uh, terrible blow for him. Yeah. And we had four minutes of uh, video packages before we had 10 seconds of Randy Orton defeating Rusev. Yeah. Complete waste of time. Um, Orton is just an entity as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, sure. He's a, he's a good worker, but he just, I uh, couldn't be any more indifferent towards anyone on the WWE roster than towards Randy Orton. Yeah. And it was a waste of Rusev again. Talented worker, has a lot of potential, um, but just, again, misused. Um, it didn't serve any purpose, really, other than to have Orton go out there and hit an RKO. Um, so well done. Um, but, um, yeah, short-sighted, in my view. Yeah, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. A waste of Rusev, Absolutely. Um, Sasha Banks beating Alexa Bliss. Uh, crowd were really uh, good for for Sasha here. Um, I, I've got to say, I they weren't quite as into Alexa Bliss as I expected because she's been getting over really well lately uh, as a champion. I think she's done such a good job, but um, they, they felt a little bit flat for her. But overall, you know, Sasha's the champion. Um, I, I wonder. Is this the beginnings of a of a changing character for her though? You know, I wonder if this is the plan. You know, with with Bailey to return and and perhaps we're going to see uh, a change for Sasha to go heel on Bailey. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, it's something that they've been very subtly teasing, um, if subtly is a word, <laughs> um, since before WrestleMania. Um, with Sasha acting very pleased for a friend that she was going to get um, title shot and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously winning the belt as well. Um, I, I actually thought that the reaction was 50-50. I thought there was sizable 
element in the crowd, mostly the, the male audience that were pro Alexa, um, just because, as you can tell from um, reaction to Bailey when she put in a bit of a cameo, um, she was roundly booed. Um, yeah, so... very interesting, isn't it? How the crowd have kind of distanced themselves away from her. But I think it's, yeah. see, I don't think it's Bailey's fault. I think the way that she's been booked over the last probably six months has been really just awful. And especially for, you know, such a, like, a pure baby face in her, you know, to, to accept being handed, you know, the, accept being handed a title almost, you know, and and to that chance to pick up a kendo stick and beat someone after being told she's too weak to do it and actually follow through what the, the heel said, that she is too weak and she wouldn't do it. You know, mm. for me, the way that she's been booked is is just, you know, being for the crowd to turn on her. It's It's an odd one. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, but um, no, I thought Alexa didn't do a very good job at this right before the match even started. She, the facial expression just gave away. It was it was um, what we call a I'm doing the job face. Um, clearly looked quite unhappy, and um, you know, gave away the, the result. Um, and you know, sure enough, Sasha won the title again, and. Um, I thought the match itself was um pretty decent match. Um, not right at the top levels of some of the best matches we've seen from Charlotte in the last 18 months, but um, still pretty decent. Alexa's come along, you know, um, quite admirably in the last 12 months on NXT and on the yeah. main roster. Um, but no, not quite at those levels, but um, still pretty decent in its own right. Yeah. Uh, good to see Finn Balor, you know, finally make his demon entrance. Um, this this match with Bray Wyatt is, it was, I'd say, it was as well as could be expected because I'm, as you feel towards Randy Orton, I now feel that way to will towards Bray Wyatt, and this is a character I used to enjoy, but I do feel completely ambivalent towards him. I think he he just, I think I just feel like. You know, people stopped caring about two years ago, and and rather than change it and shake it up, they just keep offering the same thing over and over and over again. So I, I really do hope that this is the end of this particular feud. Yes, um, and certainly there wasn't any real follow up to it the next night on Raw. Um, Balor got the win here, as he should have. Um, it wasn't. A, a great match. It was passable, uh, but you couldn't expect much more given it was Bray that was involved. Um, he just doesn't impress me much. In fact, the only thing that they can do to um, really make his character interesting is if they played off of his real life um, affair with uh, the ring announcer Jojo, I think her name is. Um, if they kind of work some kind of storyline around that. Maybe people actually care about Bray Wyatt, but um, all they really care about is his ring entrance. Um, so they put their lights on on their phones and it creates a great visual. As soon as that's over, there's nothing of interest there. Um, and until they change that gimmick or do something with him, um, that gets people's attention. Um, he'll continue to be um, received um, very poorly. Yeah, I think Bray White needs to go and have a, 
a discussion with The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, as to how you continually reinvent yourself with a character, that a gimmick that looks perhaps one-dimensional and how you can reinvent yourself and, and rediscover your gimmick uh, over and over and, and keep it fresh and keep it keep the crowd interested in it. But um, th- that's a discussion for another day. Um, the, the Raw Tag Team titles, um, two-thirds of the former Shield, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, uh, as we expected, uh, winning the titles from Cesaro and Sheamus. I really enjoyed this match, and I've got to say more, this match contained my favourite moment of the night. Uh, a beach ball bouncing around in the crowd. Uh, Cesaro suddenly springs off the apron, charges across, and the camera just kind of catches him just as he's done it, and the, it catches the commentators out. And you can you can tell by the reaction that it is a genuine thing off the cuff into the crowd, grabs the beach ball, rips it apart quite impressively, and gets a huge cheer. I, I personally. I absolutely loved that moment, and and I did enjoy this match as well. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Um, I think that was another one I I, I did quite well for predictions. Um, that was another one I got right. It's had a, a rare good night for um, calling the outcomes for a change. Um, yeah, it was it was um, good to see that um, storyline continue between the pair. It's inevitable that there will be a split. One will turn on the other and turn heel. Um, at this stage, not sure who. Um, but um, no, I, th- I think they'll be good for the tag team division. I think it will be good for them. Um, the careers have certainly stagnated. Um, Rollins especially over the last uh, year or so. So, um, you know, having this slow burn, a few one turns on the other and a few against each other. Um, is probably just a thing to reignite one or possibly both of their careers. Uh, but yeah, the, the match was good. Um, but the beach ball, well, any time I see one of those, I just have flashbacks to um, the uh, Sunderland goal at Anfield back about yes. seven years ago or eight <laughs> years ago. So, um, but yeah, us, us Liverpool fans are scarred by the sight of beach balls. So yeah, we are forever. Cesaro, you are a hero. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got to say as well, it's kind of indicative in this match as well, is just how good Cesaro and Sheamus are together and how it you know actually it kind of reminds me to back throwing back well back into probably early nineties, back in WCW, when they weren't sure what to do with Steve Austin, so they stuck him and Brian Pillman together and you know, kind of a throwaway tag team. They, you know, they got themselves the name, the Hollywood Blondes. They really put an effort, you know, they got together and put some effort into their gimmick and everything. And they started working it and started to get over really well. And it was really kicking off. And I kind of get that vibe with these two that they've really tried to do something here to make this work. And and I just think they, they've got a natural chemistry because we know that outside of the ring, you know, that they are good friends. And it really comes through you know, when they're performing, I think they're, they've really come on so, so well together and they look like just such a strong tag team. Oh, they are, absolutely. Um, you, you know, it's a very good um, comparison with uh, the Hollywood Blondes. Um, you know, these are guys that WWE creative really didn't know what to do with them, so they thought, okay, well, let's just throw them together because um, they're mates. Um, but they've made it work. You know, they've um, worked on 
coming across as cohesive and as a team um, in the ring, but also in terms of how they present themselves and the entrance and some of these little things that they do um, that all just um, comes together and makes them come across like a, a bona fide tag team rather than two individuals that are just stuck together for an interim, interim period. Um, and I think because of the success of that, they'll probably stick around as a pairing longer, certainly than Ambrose and Rollins will. So I'm sure that at the point at which um, Rollins and Ambrose have their inevitable split, um, wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Seamus and Cesaro um, opposite them in the ring, um, benefiting with uh, the titles going back to them. And how yeah. really well that deserve that will be. Yeah, I, I've got to agree, actually. I, I can see the same thing happening myself. Um, US title, one of the few titles on the night that didn't change hands, AJ Styles retaining against Kevin Owens. Of course, the, the narrative for this match was uh, building towards an eventual a feud between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Um, again, these two, I think their matches have, have got better and better recently. You know, we're quite disappointed with some of their matches um, go, going back a month a month or two ago. But um, th- these seem to have got going, found their, found their groove together. I thought that this was a pretty good match. But again, given it's two of the best workers in the WWE, two of the best workers in the entire business, um, for a 17-minute match, it was still comfortably short of what these guys are capable of. So yet again, I was left disappointed with a AJ Styles and Kevin Owens match. Um, now I think back to when Kevin Owens had made his debut on the WWE main roster a couple of years back and he was having those matches with John Cena and each one was absolutely superb. Um, and, you know, AJ Styles is a better worker than John Cena. So, oh you know, yeah, I just don't understand why yeah. these two well, haven't clicked in the way that Owens and Cena did. Um, so it's a bit of a mystery to me. I thought they had a really good match a few weeks ago. I, I think this match probably wasn't as good as it could have been, perhaps because of the, the Shane McMahon element in it. And obviously, you know, we had to keep getting smashed over the head with a hammer on that, you know, on that part of the storyline. You know, that really was the story that was to be told here, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. It certainly seemed to be a tease for um, a match between Owens and McMahon um, later on down the line, uh, which was a distraction. Um, But, I mean, we've had matches before with guest referees um, that have turned out to be exceptional. The most notable example, obviously, being Brett against Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13 uh, with Ken Shamrock, who's the guest referee. Um, So... You know, it's not that they can't convey some form of storyline involving a special guest ref uh, whilst having a a great match at the same time. Um, And clearly this feud will continue. Um, They continue to work with each other um, a couple of nights later in a match on SmackDown, which again, um, I thought was a pretty good match, but still um, not um, a fantastic match. These guys should be having match of the year contenders. That's how good they are. Um, and um, none of the matches that they've delivered thus far come anywhere close to that. So that's why I've been underwhelmed by these two. And 
been surprisingly yeah. disappointed by them. Yeah, I can I can fully understand that. I, I must have, I have to say one thing though. There was a great line. This is a one thing, one of the oh, sorry, one of the many things actually that I love about Kevin Owens is he's so vocal as a heel in the ring, you know, shouting at the crowds, always making sure he can be heard, little things here and there. And there was a point where, you know, um, Shane McMahon had got caught with a boot and he couldn't come and make the count. And you've got Kevin Owens shouting at him, are you kidding me? You literally jump off buildings. <laughs> I, I just thought that was just great. You know, he, he, some of these lines that he throws in that are just, are just part of why I, I love, I love Kevin Owens. Such a such a great all round entertainer as well as wrestler. Um, to, well, to to go from talking about entertainment to um, something that was, I've got to say, less than entertaining. Uh, the WWE Championship, you know, the, this prestigious title with great lineage. Um, Jinder Mahal successfully defending against Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, I know it, the the way that they suddenly hit, I mean, it was kind of abrupt, but the way that they hit the finish was obviously there to design to protect Nakamura. But I, I don't know more. It just, it was very, very disappointing. And it's, it's just so evident how limited uh, Mahal is in, in these matches with some of these great performance that we just don't get anything. And it, doesn't feel it it just doesn't feel like a wwe title match somehow to me well no it doesn't because the champion is not somebody you should well he isn't a, a world champion caliber talent uh, um, and you can be a world champion caliber individual in different ways you don't have to be necessarily great in the ring um you can be somebody who has um Great charisma, great promo skills, lots of different things. Um, Mahal has none of those. Not a great promo, doesn't have great charisma, is certainly not a great worker, um, not particularly over. So there's no really redeeming factors that say or suggest that this guy should be a world champion. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, a disappointing match, which I'm not surprised about. Um, I, th- I still thought it would be half decent given Nakamura was involved, but um, the finish just left everyone deflated because clearly a lot of the crowd, the vast majority, in fact, were hoping to see Nakamura lift that championship belt. Um, and he's certainly an individual that does deserve it. He's got everything, um, perhaps with the obvious exception of promo skills. Though that said, um, his promos in Japanese might be pro- pretty decent, but they'll be lost on... <laughs> The vast majority of the audience. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of these things that unfortunately we're going to have to suffer with for, well, perhaps a few more weeks yet. Um, is Mahala's champion. Um, but the feud will continue. We saw that on SmackDown this past week. Um, and we're hoping that when he gets his rematch, which seems like he will, um, that'll be the time when he relieves Mahala of the championship. Um, but it wasn't to be at SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I mean, we all know why they've done what they've done and, and put uh, Mahal in that position. And like we said, it just felt it was too much of a hot shot and it was too obvious. He, They could do the same thing with him, but with the US title. I, I think, it, and that in itself, you know, him carrying the US title 
you know, and and him then, you know, talking down to the audience, you know, to the US audience, uh, it'd probably get him actually more heat holding that US belt whilst he's talking down to a US audience. But, uh, well, you know, well, let, let's not get <laughs> drawn into that. Right. We're going to save the best to last because I've got to say, Mo, I was always looking forward to, from the first moment that I kind of sniffed out the possibility that we could be looking at a four-way of Lesnar, Reigns, Joe and Strowman. I was really looking forward to it. I thought it being built up really well. And the anticipation at least did not turn into an anticlimax because this was great. You know, it, it might not be, you know, one on one wrestling classic great, but I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And we even had another of the Braun Strowman throwing the office chair moment in this. It just started at 100 miles an hour. The, the crowd were, were mad into this. And it was, for me, it was a fantastic way to end the, uh, to end the show. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, if you watched that main event and thought it was meh, boring, average, um, you really need to stop watching wrestling. Um, because, you know, th- this was just a, a fantastic match. Um, and it was so cleverly booked. Um, it was a fantastic way to get Strowman over, like, even more of a monster than he already is. Um, and he just looked, never mind a, a million bucks, but a billion bucks, um, just destroying everyone and everything in sight, including all the announcers' tables. Um, and uh, that, that was just superb to see. And all credit to Brock because you now he's clearly somebody who doesn't um, show vulnerability to opponents easily. Um, so he clearly chooses who to uh, come across vulnerable to. Um, and um, he clearly sees something in Strowman and he's looking to put him over. Um, but I think we again predicted last week that Brock Lesnar would win just because there was a lot of speculation that he'd lose the belt. Um, and so it proved that, you know, he did indeed retain the, the title. But um, along the way, it was um, heavy metal wrestling, wasn't it? You know, very, very intense, all action, no real lull periods. It was almost the anti-Randy Orton match, um, <laughs> just 100 miles an hour. Um, all credit to the guys. You know, they really put a shift in. And um, With you know, four super heavyweights. Sorry, with four super heavyweights in there, the crowd reacting like that, you know, the, the, the pace of the action, so many talking points, so many high spots. You know, Vince McMahon has got to be, you know, you've seen that gif of him uh, where he looks like he's losing his mind and falls off his chair. I, I guess that was him backstage. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's... Um just kind of shows the kind of uh, uh, power of the match and just how smart the whole thing was presented. And um, that's why I thought it was a really fitting finale and what really made the show so special. When you've got a show where you've, I mean, it, uh, not just necessarily this show, but just um, any show where the, the undercard is up or up and down and, you know, you've got a mixture of good and bad matches um, if you've got a really strong main event, that in itself can turn it into a a really you know pleasing show. 
Um, but the fact that we had a number of you know good or very good matches on the undercard topped off by um, the best match of the night in the main event, um, for, for me, made it a very easy um, thumbs-up show. And so that's why those fans that thought it wasn't a good show um, leave me confused because I don't really know what exactly they were expecting from a 30-match card. Um, you know, you, you can't expect every single match to be great um, because I don't think any any show in the history of wrestling business has delivered 13 matches, all of which would be great. So um, you know, if that was your expectation, then you know, perhaps you need to find something else to watch. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. There's just so much content. There's so much on there that it's going to be difficult to get, like you mentioned, you know, to get everyone out there long enough to put something meaningful together. And that's maybe where in future that perhaps they're going to have to trim this down a touch, you know, just to, you know, two or three less matches and just make it quality, you know, and make it a bit more all round solid. Yeah, there was some low, lows in there. There was some disappointing moments. There was a few poor matches, but like you said, you know, a great main event, two excellent tag team title matches, you know, and, and some other moments dotted in there as well. Overall, I, I I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't great. It wasn't the best one of the best SummerSlams ever, but it was one of the best SummerSlam main events I've seen. It was well, or even one of the most enjoyable, you know, viewing experiences, that main event. So, yeah, on the whole, I quite enjoyed the show. I certainly enjoyed the the NXT takeover. For me, more it, it was a positive weekend. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, oh totally. Um, no, excellent NXT show. Very, very, very good SummerSlam, and TV was uh, very eventful as well. Again, with some good crowd reactions, some um, uh, good matches too. Um, good storyline uh, developments, and um, so it made for you know four, four nights of very good wrestling from the WWE, good TV. Um, yeah. So all things considered, um, you know, very enjoyable and uh, certainly uh, worthwhile. Um, what ended up being what fourteen hours of programming? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah, it's it's a lot to get through. It really is. So what about then Raw and SmackDown? I mean, we've as we see Monday, the, you know, the move, well, they actually confirmed, didn't they? So we're going to get um, Lesnar and Strowman in a one-on-one match, which I will be looking forward to watching. Uh, we've we've uh, John Cena debut, uh, re-debut on Raw. Uh, it, you know, they, they certainly teased, and we're looking towards uh, Cena versus Reigns. I mean, the crowd's... You know, the way that they played the crowd was great. You know, again, the crowd reaction. Cena getting mostly positive reactions these days, it's got to be said. Reigns getting the biggest booze of the night. And, and then that just kind of amplified the crowd going even more for Cena. Uh, and then we get some more jaw thrown into the mix. Um, you know, I, I, I like the way things are kind of being moved along slightly, but not necessarily, you know, throwing a baby out of the bathwater and completely changing it. It feels like the cards kind of getting involved just a little bit. Yeah, that's right. No, it's um, you know overall a pretty strong raw. In fact, um, they kind of tie things up nicely coming out of SummerSlam, um, but then set things up very nicely for the 
not only the weeks but the months ahead as well. Um, you know, rains and scenery is a, a mega match, uh, but certainly the seeds were planted for that to happen. Um, even if it's not at the next Raw exclusive pay per view, then certainly um, Survivor Series should be a good candidate to host that match. Um, and obviously, we've got um, the next Raw pay per view um, to feature Strowman against Lesnar, a very hot angle to open Raw uh, between the two. Again, Strowman was put over like a, a megastar. Um, so that was really, really smart, very good. And, um, you know, we had um, some uh, good stuff, um, you know, throughout the rest of the show as well. So pleasing overall, um, by raw standards, the three hours uh, went by reasonably well, flowed quite well. And um, it was not too dissimilar for SmackDown, whereby, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Bobby Roode debuted as a face, um, faced... Um, it was Aiden English. And, it was, uh, yeah. I, I said pre-pod, I, I did say I know Bobby Roode debuting as a face, as he's been you know, established as a heel. It, it comes across as strange to people, but I said, I think they're, in a way they're being smart. They know it's a hardcore audience. They know they're going to pop for him and for that music coming out. It almost makes sense. Let him debut as a face. He can even, I, I thought he, he gave a hint a few little, very, very subtle hints towards Hale in his, his interview after the match. I think that's what they'll do over the coming few weeks with his with his promo skills, with his interviews. He'll just naturally transition back into being a heel again, and he'll do it in a way that the crowd will actually boo him rather than just turning up in the crowd. Instead of the crowd booing as they want to, they're actually cheering him because they're happy to see him. Yeah, no... It's a, a good way to bring him in. Um, you know, he's somebody who's naturally a very good heel, um, but um, he has been getting good babyface type reactions on NXT um, pretty much since he debuted, in fact. So um, I think they just want to test the waters in terms of um, how well he works as a face. As we've seen with popular heels, though, um, that's not always the smartest thing, as we've seen with Charlotte. Since they turned her face, um, that's been an absolute disaster. So um, it could be that the same thing happens for Rude. Or it might be that, unlike Charlotte, he makes it work. And um, um, if it doesn't, um, it's very easy for them to um, turn him. And um, you know, it only require very minor tweaks to the way he presents himself or works his matches, um, cuts his promos uh, to transition over to a heel. Um, but no, uh, it's, it's a well-deserved call up and I'm sure, you know, he'll, um, add, add certainly value to the uh, SmackDown brand. Absolutely. Uh, we're just about out of time here. One last thing before we do go though, more, uh, the May Young classics, uh, are actually starting up on the end on the, uh, WWE network. I know you spoke more about them, uh, you know, quite a few weeks ago when they were, they were originally doing some of the tapings. Um, is there plenty there to look forward to for fans? Oh, there is, yeah. No, it's um, going to be a really um, intriguing um, set of shows to watch. Um, so the initial shows are being released um, as a set of four on the WWE Network. And um, I believe that those are um, going to hit the WWE Network this weekend. 
and then um, the sorry, it'll be the bank holiday Monday, in fact. So on the 28th, um, there'll be released for viewing, and there'll be four shows in total. Um, 32 women from around the world. Um, I mentioned some of the names last time, such as Josie Gobert, who um, is fought as the alpha female, who also competes sometimes as an MMA fighter. Um, got a very, very unique look about her. Not somebody you'd want to mess with, trust me. Um, I've sat um, behind her at a show, and um, you know she's certainly got a star, star presence. Um, and uh, one of the people I actually mentioned last time was Nixon Newell, who was one of my favourites to win the whole tournament, but um, unfortunately she suffered an injury um, which ruled her out of the tournament, which was a crying shame. Um, but the, one of the other individuals to really keep an eye on is um, Kairi Sane, the former Kairi Hojo, who's exceptional, arguably the best female talent in the entire business, um, who's worked in the stardom promotion in Japan. And, uh, um, you know, expect her to go uh, very far in this tournament. Um, so, yes, Bank Holiday Monday is when um, the first set of shows featuring the first round matches from the round of 32 um, will air. And that will culminate with a live finale on the 12th of September. Um, so it's only about two weeks uh, between the uh, start of um, release of the initial shows and the live finale. So um, plenty of good stuff to uh, catch in the meantime. And um, yeah, the, the reports are that um, some of the matches, so the, the, a lot of the matches were pre-taped, obviously, um, except for the live finale that's set for the 12th. But um, uh, a lot of good stuff apparently took place. Um, so if you are keen to check out something that's not too dissimilar to um, the Cruiserweight Classic from last year, strongly urge you to try and, um, watch at least a bit of uh, the May Young Classic. Yeah, so it sounds certainly sounds promising, uh, and I'm sure we'll uh, have a bit of a discussion about that probably uh, in the lead up to that uh, that finale. Uh, but that just about wraps things up for us this week. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. My thanks, as always, to Mo Chatter, my on-air tag team partner, for uh, analysing the situation and helping me through. Um, well, somewhere like 14 hours of uh, programming in four days. So, yeah, uh, and our thanks to you, as always, the listener, for hitting that download button and listening to us here on the PW Index, on the Anfield Index podcast channel. As always, if you do want to keep in touch with us here at PW, uh, PW underscore index, I can't even say it, is uh, our Twitter handle. So do hit us up there. Anything uh, you want to suggest, questions you want to ask, or you just want to get involved in any way, your thoughts, opinions, whatever the case may be, that's how you can contact us. But until next week, from myself, Andy Wales, it's bye-bye now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. 
you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 